Oh, listen, dear one, I am thrilled to announce I have a brand new private coaching container opening up called Full Immersion Coaching. This is you and me working together privately as I become your mentor and soul guide for an entire year, providing you with the full support you need to grow a massively successful and prosperous heart-led business. To get all the details, DM me on Facebook or Instagram or send an email to allison at allisonscammell.com and say, tell me more about Full Immersion Coaching. I look forward to hearing from you. Hello, dear ones. I am so excited for this episode. We have a super, super special guest, someone who has made a really profound influence on me for years. This guest was my coaching instructor. When I first got started, I received my coaching and my master coaching certification from Martha Beck. And this person worked as an instructor for the Martha Beck Institute. And I just, she, her business has grown and taken off over the years. Back then, this was 2014. Her business was thriving, but it's, it was nowhere near it is today. And she has been such a spectacular role model for coaches and entrepreneurs who want to run a thriving business that's in alignment to your gifts without burning out, making impact, making a scene, which is one of the things she talks about, not holding back. And I have to say one thing about special guest, who is Susan Hyatt. I have to say one thing about her that really, like, it really touched me from this episode. And that is, I knew her as a teacher, right? And we were in a group setting, so I didn't get the opportunity to have one-on-one with her. And then I've watched her grow. She has a great presence on social media. And I, you know, I've attended some of her group classes over the years. But this interview was the first time I really got to connect deep with her one-on-one. And the thing that touched me so much is her authenticity. Like she connected with me and I experienced her exactly as I imagined her to be. Because when she's out on social media and when she's in her classes, she is just herself. And it's so refreshing. And it was such amazing modeling for me because that's how I always want to show up. And I always want to be, I I, I would love for you if you've never hung out with me one-on-one to hang out with me someday and say, oh my gosh, Allison, you're, you're just as I imagined you because everywhere I, where I've experienced you up until this point, you've showed up so authentically. And we have a super spectacular topic to explore. I love the title of this episode, The More Pleasure I Have, The More Money I Make. And I have to say, I have heard that. I heard that when I was first starting my business. And I thought, you know what? That just sounds unfair. That just sounds like people who have a lot of money get to say that because they've got a lot of money and so they can afford pleasure. And then when I really decided to lean into it a little bit and infuse more joy and pleasure and rest, most importantly, into my day and my week, that is truly when my business took off 
So I can say I truly experienced this for myself, and I've seen so many of my clients experience the more pleasure they infuse into their life, the more successful their their career becomes, their business becomes, but then their overall life experience elevates. So why don't we go ahead and get to it? In today's episode, Susan and I explore why more pleasure expands into more money, how to give yourself permission to add more pleasure to your life, and how to get your loved ones on board. Boy, do we unpack that last one. We end on an invitation that will have you understanding pleasure in a whole new way to make it a non-negotiable part of your life and business so indeed you can start experiencing next level abundance. So I promise you, you're going to want to stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammell, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions, and we yearn to earn more, serve more, and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you to join our Facebook group of nearly 2,000 leaders and lightworkers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join on my website, allisonscammell.com or in the show notes. Today's guest is Susan Hyatt. Susan Hyatt has 15 years of experience as a master certified life and business coach, helping thousands of women get more of what they want. She has been featured on national TV and in magazines like O, The Oprah Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Seventeen, and Women's World. Susan wrote the best-selling book, Bear, that has inspired women all over the world to stop shrinking their bodies and start expanding their lives. We had so much fun exploring this topic. I am so excited to welcome Susan Hyatt to Soul Guide Radio. Thank you, Allison. I am so excited to be here. Yay. I was telling you that I'm positioning this episode to release during a big podcast, Gin Up Some Enthusiasm Week for Soul Guide Radio. And you're going to be, you are my celebrity guest. Listen, I don't know how I got the label of celebrity, but I will take it. (laughs) (laughs) So in 2014, Eight years ago, which just seems really hard to believe, I did my first life coach training with Martha Beck, and Susan was my teacher. And you, like, literally, this is crazy, Susan. You stood out for me. I loved all the coaches. So, and all the teachers were great and awesome. And I'm in touch with a lot of them, but you stood out. 
And there was a lot of reasons why, but the number one reason you you stood out as as the the teacher, the 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 coach trainer to me was the way you answered questions. It just spoke to me because I feel like in the coaching world we can be like, "Oh, okay, here's that's an interesting question." Well, it just depends on the client, it depends on the mood, and it depends how you feel, and it depends on the positioning of the stars. And I just loved how you took a stance. And it wasn't like we were talking about politics or religion. <laughs> you know, we were talking about coaching. Right. But you are just so clear. I remember someone asking you, Susan, when did you launch your first group program? And I think the other teachers would have been like, well, oh, it depends on your business and it depends on you. And you were just like, oh, well, this is when I did it. And I was in business this long and this is what I did it. And of course, it depends on you. But and I just loved the way you just took a stance. And to this day, I remember that. And I even remember the questions people asked you. That is amazing. First of all, that is the first time I've heard that as an answer as why I stood out. It just clarity in responding to questions. But I do think that I love teaching and I love helping coaches get get the business and the life that they want. And so I love that that came through to you through being just clear and taking a stand on my answers. Thank yeah, you I mean, it was more than that, but that's just the thing that I I admire because I think I get a little bit too people pleasy in my answers. And I'm like, oh, I want to answer in such a way that nobody could have their feelings hurt. And the answers get very watered down when that happens. It's true that that it, that does happen. And I certainly spent a lot of my adulthood as a people pleaser. So I totally get what you're saying. And I think that even recently, I've had some things where my husband said to me, he would, he, because right as coaches, we'll, we will say to our clients, oh, you don't want to hurt their feelings. But in the meantime, you're hurting your own feelings by not being honest and not saying what needs to be said, like what truth is left unsaid. And I still sometimes grapple with like, oh, right, I'm doing that thing again, where I think I can protect people's feelings from the truth when the the reality is like, Everybody wins, even if the truth isn't necessarily what you want to hear, but especially in teaching and especially in coach training, I think coaches really need to know what's up instead of a lot of misleading guidance that can be out there. It's like, mm, you know, doing this for 15 years and now look at you doing this since 2014. You know, we've learned some things and I think it's imperative that we help coaches coming right out of the gate with the truth. Yes. Yeah, I think that's it. And I feel like that's what you did. And I feel like you modeled that for me. And it was just really powerful. And it's stayed with me to this day. That has made my day. That's better <laughs> than this cup of coffee. To <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I want I'm so excited about this topic because I've come a long way with infusing more pleasure in my life and my business, but I'm not there yet. And I have a lot to learn. And I feel like you're such an expert on like how we can live life from a more balanced and harmonious way. And we can, we can put up boundaries and tools and have things so we don't go into burnout. Cause I really like, I wrote the book on burnout. <laughs> so I know, <laughs> I know about it. So I am so excited to unpack this with you. And I do have to share. I was telling Susan beforehand, I'm recording in the Pheasant Canteen podcast studio in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Because I am home visiting my parents. So she she's cool. She gets to see this cool photo of a man eating a pheasant sandwich behind me. This like gives me so much pleasure. 
I honestly, to see, right? Like humor and laughter is part of it. Like, look at your life, Allison. You get to sit in that studio and still drop these gems to all your people. So you are winning today. <laughs> Thank you so much. So let's get into it. We've been taught that, you know, we've got all this social conditioning. If you want to be successful, you have to work hard, you know, work hard, you know, success comes out at a price, you know, time is money, all the things. And that's so hard to unwrite and rewrite, but it's doable and we can. So just talk about like from your perspective, from your experience, like why does more pleasure actually equal more success and more money in your business? This is the hardest thing for most of my entrepreneurs to believe and to essentially embody. But once they do, they're like, I didn't believe you. I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs or clients have said, I didn't believe you at first, but then I decided to trust you. And like, now look, right? And so the reason why it works, so you're correct, like culture at large, the patriarchy wants us to keep pedaling real hard and to earn our keep or to earn our worth. And I don't know about you, but I grew up in a house where like if you were too idle or resting too much, I mean, my mom or dad, they were going to give you a job. Like, like what, what are you doing lounging around? And so it could be family of origin, but even if you're your family wasn't super productivity focused, <laughs> culture at large is. And the truth of the matter is that we, our bodies are wired. We're wired from head to toe for pleasure. So we come into this world literally wired to receive pleasure in a multitude of ways. And culture teaches us that Dessert comes after we eat a well-balanced meal and play comes after you earn it through work. And the reverse is actually true when we, especially for women, if we deny our physical bodies what it's wired to naturally receive, then what happens is burnout. And then what happens is, you know, our hormones going out of whack. And then what happens is our metabolism in the toilet. And all of these things, sleep disruption, depression. And so it has been really interesting over the years to experiment with, okay, well, what would happen if I became a woman who was devoted to her own pleasure and figured out how to diversify my pleasure, right? Because we, we tend to, because this is so contrary to how we're raised, we can get it real twisted with what pleasure really even is. And it's like, oh, it's a mani-pedi. And like, truth of the matter is, my nails are horrible right now because I hate sitting for a mani-pedi, right? It's maintenance. I'm going, I'm going, because I have an event that starts tomorrow night. But that's not what we're talking about necessarily, unless you're someone who feels like that's a pleasurable activity. There's physical pleasure, Yes, there's intimacy, but that's just one part of it. There's intellectual pleasure. There's spiritual pleasure, which is what you're all about. And learning how to create an atmosphere of pleasure throughout your everyday life is what eventually sets up the conditions for you to thrive at your highest level. Oh, I love it. Spiritual pleasure. Oh, my gosh. That, that is, honestly is the that most is. neglected category of pleasure. 
That is really fantastic. Yeah, I just relate to what you're saying so much. I often say that my dad, who's a great guy, he would be happier when I was a kid if I robbed a bank than if I were lazy. Yes. <laughs> right. Lazy is the ultimate, right? Was the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. So I so relate to that. And I love what you're saying that we're wired for pleasure. And it just like, I feel the truth of that in every cell of my body as I, as I hear you say that. And you know what else I felt as you were saying it? Like how I've been fighting against that truth for my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just how we live our lives and how pleasure deprived we are typically until we really start to think about it, right? Because right from your father, who is a great guy, well-meaning guy, he learned it too. Like being lazy is the ultimate problem. Can't be lazy. Can't be loafing around. You have to be a productive member of society. And that has rules and implications. And to be, it's, it's a radical act for a woman to say, no, I'm going to actually prioritize my rest. I'm going to prioritize fun. I'm going to prioritize decadence. I'm going to indulge myself. These things are, are so wildly uncomfortable for women like you and me who have been raised to be super productive and get the gold star and perform and jump through the hoops that it really is a miracle for me to be able to witness women reclaiming that because that's our birthright. Yeah. Beautiful. Reclaiming our birthright. So take us through, I like how you were saying, devoting ourselves to our own pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so how can we start or, you know, how can we start rewiring our brains and rewiring our prioritization list to start to put rest, pleasure, fun, more, more, more higher up until it gets to the top. Because I know it's a journey and I know it doesn't happen overnight, although I wish it would. For me, it's been a real journey. Like every year I get a little better with this, but take us through like how you help women start the journey and, 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 and get through to the other side, so to speak. I, probably we never really ever get there <laughs> all the way, right? There's always right. another way, uh, more pleasure you could tap into. Right, right. So I think the first step is really becoming an investigative reporter in your life. Often when I start talking about this, women are so overwhelmed with what they have to do, whether it's career or family, plus the invisible workload, you know, this invisible backpack that all women are carrying around where we are we are basically the keepers of all the things and the ones that are carrying the emotional burden for our families and those around us. So we, so we have a job job and a part-time invisible job. And when I start talking about pleasure and prioritizing pleasure, most women are like, okay, I, that sounds like an additional part-time job. And I'm not, I don't have time to even think about this. And so really, the first step is to do what I call an environmental detox, which is to just pay attention for, to go through your daily life and pay attention to what are all the things that you are expected to do 
whether it's your own expectation or others. Let's take a look at things that are draining your energy. So whether it's conversations or things that you're tolerating in your social media timeline or conversations at work, it's really difficult to start becoming a woman who's devoted to your own pleasure unless you figure out where all of those energy leaks are and like what is it that you're tolerating that we need to address so that we can then say okay I need to prioritize my sleep more or I'm actually going to start getting up a little bit earlier so that I can have quiet time before these kids get up out of bed or I'm going to stop going into the company break room for lunch because I notice I get a migraine when I eat lunch in there and listen to all the drama, right? And so it for everyone there, it's interesting because there are so many similarities with my clients, but then everyone's unique in their experience and the way they're living their lives is unique. So we need to get some intel about what do we need to clean up? So that's why I call it an environmental detox because some of these things are simple, but maybe not easy. And so there may be some coaching involved with like, okay, what do you say to your coworkers when you decide you're not going to eat lunch with them anymore? Or, you know, how do you address your mother-in-law dropping over unexpected? Or, you know, what are the things? And then we can move into, okay, here are all the different categories of pleasure. Let's brainstorm. And then what do you want to address first? And it's interesting because some clients are like, no, 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 I take care of myself. I have plenty of pleasure. I go get massages. I go shopping. I go out to eat. But then if we start looking at like, okay, well, what about, are you moving your body? Like, how's your physical pleasure? Are you experiencing real intimacy with yourself or others? What about your spiritual practices and spiritual life? What about aesthetically beauty in your physical surroundings? And there's usually one major area to hit on first. And then we can start, like you said, every year being like, you know what? I feel like I'm pretty solid with the way I move. I feel like I'm pretty solid with the way I adorn myself. But I would like to have better friends. Let me start to think about that kind of intimacy this year. So good. I love the investigative reporter. It makes me think of an article you posted on Facebook a year or two ago. I don't remember when. And you you were talking about the leisure gap between men and women. Oh my gosh, that hit me because there's such a gap in my relationship with my lovely husband. But there's a huge like weekend leisure gap. And that really was like, whoa, that is just not cool. Like, I don't want this gap. (laughs) (laughs) This gap sucks. (laughs) This gap sucks. But I didn't even, it's like I hadn't done the investigative journalism to even see that it was happening. Yeah. Well, because because most of us, that's how we're raised. And we can't pinpoint, like, why is it that I'm doing all this and in heterosexual relationships? And he seems to be having all this extra time. And so, you know, the more research I get to back up my mouth, my husband's just like, oh my God, because we were actually talking about it as a family when we were just in Berlin. My daughter was laughing because, you know, 
of course, there's the wage gap and the confidence gap and the leisure gap. And I'm also talking about the orgasm gap. And she was like, oh my gosh, so good. Right. And she was really leaning into that and talking about there's a book called Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism. And I was like, "Okay, mind blown because the invisible workload exists less when certain things are in place. But anyway, this is not a commercial for socialism. I'm just saying it was an interesting discussion as a family. And my husband's like, great, more research to prove that I got to get off my ass. But it's true. Like he has... He has actual hobbies that he devotes his time to unapologetically. And it took me a while to catch up to that and to say, you know what? Like, why am I the one keeping everything going while you go do your thing, which happens to be race car driving? I don't think so. I think I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. And this has been like, you know, we've been married almost 30 years. So this has evolved over the years. But I'm, Allison, I'm still finding ways where I'm like, why am I making sure the dogs have boarding kennels when we go on vacation? How about you take care of that? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I found with my partner, he, and I think again, yeah, like this is, I don't know. I, I hate to say like women are this way and men are that way, but I talk to a lot of friends who relate to me with their spouses that many men don't see it. They don't like my my partner in particular really feels like he does so much, right? And 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 well the the reality is I do so 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 much more. And so I found I said to him once about this research, like present the facts. Don't be emotional. You know, that just leads to fights. That's not really helpful all the time, right? Right. Maybe sometimes a good fight's in order, but usually <laughs> right. it's, you're right. So I just was like, so I started presenting facts to him just in terms of like, I spent this many hours on Saturday doing laundry and this, uh, the other thing. And then all of a sudden, when the facts started to show up, I, I did notice a big shift in him. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it it actually is true that the when, I mean, men, enjoy and have enjoyed a certain level of privilege, you know, for all this time. So when they're presented with something that's contrary to that, it feels like an attack. And, you know, when my children were younger, they're 21 and 23 now, but when they were really little and we were in couples therapy about some of this stuff, I didn't have the words or the research for this stuff then. But I would just say like, you do not do as much as me. And I would I would wish for, I would be like, I wish there was a hidden camera crew that could follow us each around and we would get a scorecard. This is how pathetic. And my scorecard would show that I do so much more. And he would be like, you know, I take out the trash and I do like whatever pathetic list he had. And I would be like, friend, okay, that does not match this list. But now all this time later, that I have words for it and I can have a conversation about like, you're saying like, here are the facts. Here's what research shows. You know, if we say we're going to share the responsibility of cooking, then that doesn't mean on your night, it's pizza night or, you know what I mean? Right, right. With all this stuff to like skirt around what he said he would split. And, and, Though, Allison, even what's interesting is that even if you had a checklist of like chores you could document, 
like, okay, car maintenance, taxes, household stuff, whatever. The research also shows that women carry the emotional burden for families, communities, office spaces, meaning we're raised to manage the moods of everyone. And so in addition to just chores, it's like we're the ones that have been raised and conditioned to be like, oh, you know, let me be the buffer over here between these two or let me try to set everything up in a way so there's not a tantrum or a meltdown. And it's really that's where my work is to notice with my adult children, with my family unit that I'm not intervening in a way that causes me to have the emotional burden. It can happen over text with my adult children and my husband. And and I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it again. I'm like jumping in on a group text to try to diffuse a situation. It's really fascinating work. It is fascinating. Oh my gosh. I relate to this so much and so fascinating about the emotional support. I mean, that's like, that's huge. Right. Because if I mean, energetically speaking. Yes. The capacity, the emotional and energetic capacity that is depleted. So then, right, even if all of the visible work is evenly divided, there's the invisible emotional work that's not that can keep us from closing the wage gap and and closing the leisure gap because we're so worn out from doing all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I, I was working up to taking Fridays off. Fun Friday just for me, whatever. And I finally got there. I finally got to, I was giving myself permission. I had my schedule organized. I was bundling tasks, doing all the things. And then, so I started taking Fridays off and I was just whatever I felt like doing, or that's when I would plan self-care stuff. And then my husband was like, oh, wouldn't it be nice to take Fridays off? And he really gave me this guilt trip. And I was like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to like, I just need to own this. Like I'm doing this and he can try to make me feel guilty, but I don't, you know, I don't need to feel guilty, but getting back to more pleasure, more money. I started to, getting back to just presenting the facts, I started making more money in my business. I mean, it was, it, it felt like a direct correlation. The second I started to give myself more time and space, all of a sudden my business started to take off. And then all of a sudden he started to stop giving me a hard time about it. <laughs> right. That, that actually is such a great example. First of all, congratulations. I Thank love you. that you're taking fun Fridays. And my husband too, not so much about Fridays, but it, when I started going on like business planning retreats for myself, I remember I signed up for a writing retreat in Hawaii and my copywriter, she was my copywriter for 10 years, would offer these writing retreats as a bonus for like having her on retainer and all this stuff. Anyway, I remember the first time I was going to Maui, he was like, oh, a work trip. And he was sort of like that kind of thing. Wouldn't it be nice? Y'all aren't going to get any work done. And he was he was a little condescending about it. And I remember I went and I I'm a real old school journaler. Like I like to write with my pen instead of 
a laptop. I mean, I use my laptop, obviously, but I took so many notes about program ideas and business ideas while I was there. And then I came home and implemented and I was able to present the facts like say six, nine months later, I remember saying, this is my journal from Maui. And you'll see here on this page, I came up with this program idea. And you see here this PL spreadsheet of how much money I made from that program. He never said another word about me going on these trips. He's like, go, take off, go, go, go do that. But it is interesting that Fun Fridays and going to Maui for business is, is very different than how people think work should be. Yes, I so love that you told that story because I'm about to take my first real big girl business retreat. I'm going to Columbia to the jungle. Ah, what? Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And, you know, I have a five-year-old. And so, you know, I never travel. You know, I, I, I just don't because, you know, I'm usually... I'm the primary caretaker, so I'm usually just with her. And my husband just had, he was kind of, he's like the pendulum. He'll be supportive and then he'll be like, what a boondoggle. What are you, you're just going to be, you know, trekking through the jungle, having fun. How's that going to grow your business? And I am going to do exactly what you did. I'm going to bring my journal. I love to journal too. I'm going to take my notes. I'm going to do the things. And then in six to nine months, I'm going to say, huh? Huh? What a boondoggle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I kind of love that he used that word. And secondly, yes, I we're going to be talking about this boondoggle for years because you are going to go to that jungle and you're going to get all that jungle divine guidance. That's right. Yep. And you're going to come back and make that jungle money. I am That's so right. excited. I can't even stand it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm like literally so you've activated me so much with that story. You just told the Maui story because I'm like, oh, I'm going to do the same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it just feels good. It does feel good. And listen, I remember, I remember the first trip that I took and it wasn't something as fun as Columbia. I think it was more like Scottsdale, Arizona. It was actually to go for my Martha Beck training because back then it was in person. And now, so cool, by the way. Seven. Yeah, it was cool. Cool. I remember he had a problem with he not a problem. He was just suspicious and sort of side eyeing like y'all going to even be doing. <laughs> and it's a big deal when you're the primary caregiver to to claim that time. And so congratulations for doing that, because I think it'll I think this is going to be a real pivotal exercise for you, for sure. And many you. Ways, in many ways. I remember your the early videos, the Martha Beck videos, and you were like Martha's helper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I do forgot you, about that. That's right. Do you remember the I love to vomit? Yes, the arm test. The arm yeah. test. Yeah. I yeah. Remember, I forgot I was in, in some of those videos. Yeah, there's like some real like uh, archived hilarious stuff out there. But yeah, <laughs> it was good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, that I love it. So, okay, this is so good. I feel like we're just having this sharing our, our story, but I hear it so often from my clients that their partner is not supportive of a variety of things to include their taking time out for their own pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you and I chatting about this is really going to be activating for people because I think 
it is true. Like once we get to the point where we're giving ourselves permission, then it's like being strong enough to keep giving yourself permission, even when your loved ones aren't giving you permission. Totally. Because you have to remember that our loved ones around us, you know, they've received this programming too. And so anytime we're wanting to do something different, it can trigger their own fears and worries within them. So it it doesn't mean that they don't love you and they don't want the best for you. It's just a little scary for them. And when we do start to change and, and do things for ourselves and differently and succeed, that can get, they can give a little pushback around that too. But, but I feel so strongly that when women can become devoted to their own pleasure and make more money, we can lift everyone higher, including our families, including our spouses that maybe weren't all in from the beginning on it. And I think that it's, I think that having a coach like you, Allison, is important because I noticed when I became convicted about what I wanted to do, the energy in which I led discussions about it, the energy in which I had just, I was resolute about this is what needs to happen. Then family tended to fall in line, if you will, or grumble less or, you know, come along with me. When I was apologetic or asking for permission, that was always a recipe for an argument. Yeah, it's such a good point. Such a good point. I remember when I was going to spend my first like real money on a coach, kind of like next level investment on a coach. I was I I I was just decided. I was just decided. And before that, if I ever wanted to spend a lot of money in my business, I sort of like conferred with my husband. And is this a good investment? And is it okay? And then one morning, I I. I just said, oh, I really want to hire this coach. She charges a lot of money, but I just need to do it. And it's done. And I was just decided, bam, and it's going to come out of business expenses. I'm not taking it out of the family kitty. And I was just like, it's happening. And I was so convicted. And I just informed my husband and he didn't, he was like, good, great. He didn't even ask me the investment, nothing. And it was just done. And that's when I realized like the truth in what you're saying, like when you decide it for yourself, uh, your outer world just starts to reflect that. Totally. And it's, and it's just kind of like when you believe, you know, when I decided to become a coach, you know, I remember Scott was like, no one had hurt. Hardly anyone knew what a life coach was. And I was so, I still am not quite sure where that inner knowing came from, but I was like, I'm going to Arizona and I really need to do this. And If there had been hesitation, I can tell you right now, he would have been like, you want to take how much money and invest in what? And I mean, he asked questions, but he was sort of like, I remember he almost fell off the couch. (laughs) He was laying on the couch watching some awful show like CSI Miami or something violent. (laughs) And I have my laptop open and I was like, I'm going to go to Arizona and train to be a life coach. And I remember he like, rolled over and then almost fell off the couch like you're gonna do what but it's I think for women we have to stop asking for permission and we have to start deciding and claiming what it is that we want and just because you may not at this point in time be the primary breadwinner that doesn't mean that you have to ask permission yes yes deciding and claiming it's so empowering it's so empowering 
Ugh, this has been so amazing. I've loved unpacking this with you. You're so activating. Just as you tell your stories, it's so activating. It's so, it's so amazing. Do you have a daily practice or what would you recommend if someone's like, oh, I know I need more pleasure in my life, but I'm feeling burnt out. I'm feeling stuck. I used to have pleasure, but it fell off the radar and I can't get it back going again. Do you have a little daily practice or a tool you would recommend to get people going again? Oh my gosh, I have so many. But I think truly if someone if someone's burnt out and they don't know where to start, I think you have to start with five minutes of silence and just sit and listen to yourself. Just sit and ask yourself, what do you really, really, really want and crave? I think a good breadcrumb can be envy, which sounds weird. But I think if any of you listening aren't sure like what kind of pleasure you want to start with or where to go, when you're scrolling social media, where do you feel pangs of jealousy or envy? So for me, it used to be seeing people gathered around beautiful dinner tables in beautiful locations, like the, the friendship and the fun of something like that. Or maybe you scroll and you see somebody mountain biking and you're like, wow, what would it take to become a woman who mountain bikes? Or you see somebody who has a best friend and you just crave that kind of intimate connection. I think silence and following that little green monster because what that, all that is, is your higher self tapping you on the shoulder saying, hey, that's meant for you, boo. <laughs> Go get that. I have never heard that that is brilliant. The envy, jealousy, like you're just you're just tapping into it. Like it's not like you're saying, oh, I'm going to go feel jealous of what other people are doing, but it's like using that as the guide. I always love to use emotions as guides. Yeah. That is a brilliant way to use our emotions as a guide because I often feel like I want more pleasure, but I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what's pleasurable for me. And I know I have to go out and experience, experiment, but like, where do I start the experimentation? What a brilliant breadcrumb, as you say, to follow. That's the breadcrumb. And then start dating yourself. So then it's like, if you don't know, it's like, okay, well, maybe I'll go try. I've never hiked. Maybe I'll go try an easy entry-level hike, or maybe I'll go try to take myself on a road trip because that looked like fun. Or maybe I'll go try to actually take myself out to a really nice dinner, you know, and, and start dating yourself that way. There's other things like I think, though, that those are starting points. But you know me, I'm a huge proponent for sweating and moving your body. I think that emotion gets stuck in the body. And if you can dance around your living room or go for a walk or do something to sweat on a regular basis, you'll also be able to hear your guidance so much clearer. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my gosh, this has been amazing. I knew it would be, and it's exceeded my expectations. Thank you so much, Susan. You're so generous. You're just a generous, generous soul. So thank you for the work you do in the world. You really do. You just, you have this activating way about you. I mean, you post something on social media for four years ago, and I just like remember, like it sticks in my head. I think it's a real gift you have. So thank <laughs> you for you're so welcome. I really mean it. And so I always ask my guests if they will leave our listeners with an invitation. So that's an invitation to do something, be someone, inviting them anywhere they wish to go. 
Uh, oh you, my God. You, you wish them to go, rather. Oh, okay. So if you want to hang out with me online, Instagram or Facebook, those are both great places. I'm Susan Hyatt on those on those platforms. And then if you're looking for a place to be with other women who are becoming devoted to their own pleasure, I am running a brand new mastermind called the Beyond Mastermind, which is focusing on becoming a woman who's devoted to her own pleasure and creating a life that's beyond your expectations. So that is starting late October, 2022. And that will include six months of classes with me and a weekend retreat in my hometown of Savannah, Georgia. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. The Beyond. I love the title of that. Yeah. So check out her stuff. Get in her world. You've got how many podcasts now? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Over, definitely over probably 400 because I had the Go Time podcast and then the Rich Coach Club podcast. And now You've Got Nerve is my latest podcast. That, I saw you talking about that and that is a brilliant title. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, Susan, I'm going to stop gushing and just say thank you, thank you, thank you again for being on Soul Guy Radio. I really, really just had a wonderful time connecting with you. It was a pleasure. And thank you so much, dear listener, for tuning in. I appreciate it so much. And my personal invitation for you is to notice in social media when you feel jealous or envious of what someone else is doing or being or becoming and ask yourself, is there something there that I long for for myself? And if you get a yes, explore that yes a little bit more. What is it exactly? And see if you can start to incorporate whatever it is you're longing for into your own experience. And I want to read a listener review before we wrap up that I think is was perfect for this episode. And this comes to us from Parashakti L from Ireland. What a great name. That is Para Para, Para Shakti L from Ireland. And she writes, insightful and interesting podcast. Thank you so much. Straightforward advice delivered with personality. And I think that was a great theme of this particular episode. That was straightforward advice delivered with personality. So what did you receive from this episode? I would absolutely love to know. Head on over to the show notes where you can find a link to leave a podcast rating and review, and I will read your beautiful words on the air. And as always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find the link to download on my website, alisonscammell.com, as well as in the show notes.